Hello gamers, your ears are in the right place. My name is Kelthar and you're listening to I Never Cast for This, episode 12. We are a podcast dedicated to bringing forth discussions or debates on controversial gaming topics and hopefully putting them to rest. As I said, my name is Kelthar and uh, I'll just do a few introductions here before we get into the debate on the episode because we are going to be discussing linear versus open world games today. So we should have a pretty good discussion maybe even a few debates in there today. But before we get to that, uh, let's introduce who we have here today. So returning again to the podcast, we have Erebus. What's up, man? Good, you? <laughs> okay. And, uh, I'm fantastic, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's been uh, pretty hectic around here lately. We're in the process of selling our house and moving a few hours away and stuff. So it's, get, it's getting pretty nuts, but we're uh, going to be closer to you. So it's going to be great. Absolutely. Yes, for sure. Uh, returning to the podcast again, we also have Al Bondiel. How's it going? Good, you. <laughs> uh, I'm good. fantastic, dude. How are you doing? Good. That's also exactly what Arif said. <laughs> I know. He's also <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> uh, I think we got a bit of the well, giggles uh, today. I, we, yeah, every, everything's going great here, I must say. Uh, the air is starting to get cleaner. Uh, there's some people moving away, getting further away from me. It's uh, it's going to be great. <laughs> You're not bitter at all, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am moving farther away from Albondiel and closer to Erebus, but such is life. And uh, also returning to the podcast, we have Athricus. What's up, man? And your mic is muted, by the way. Yeah, it's good to meet you, bro. How you doing? Oh, good, good. Never seen you before, and uh, you do look familiar, but, uh, you know, here we are. Here we are. Um, I do a lot of porn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I see. <laughs> Maybe that explains it. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, Good okay. job demonetizing the podcast there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, if it's your first time here, just so you guys uh, know what the show is all about. Like I said, we do debate controversial gaming topics. And uh, hopefully by the end of the episode, we put the controversy to rest. It doesn't always happen. But like I said, we do our best. Uh, we're always live, uh, for the exception of today, we're usually live on Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern time on Twitch. Uh, but um, I'm not available tomorrow night because I'll be out of town, so that's why we're doing this on Sunday night and on Father's Day. And uh, happy Father's Day, gentlemen, by the way. I think you too, gentlemen. I was going to say, I think we're all fathers, but I know we're all fathers here. So, <laughs> But yes. What was it Erebus said the other week? He's like, I think, I think we're all fathers this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This is going off the rails. It's wonderful. Uh, we're on, like I said, Twitch TV uh, every Monday, except for today. And uh, you can't catch the live show. It's no worries, because we're on YouTube. You can catch uh, the VODs on YouTube as well, as well as you can catch some catch some highlights. And we're also on most major podcast networks. And if we're not on one, just let us know. Uh, so before we get into the debate, what have you guys been up to, gaming-wise or not? Let's start with uh, Erebus. Uh, not a lot of gaming this week. Again, there seems to be a trend there as I become a parent longer, my gaming goes down and down and down. So it's, uh, the limited time I did play, I played the expansion of Pokemon. It's been good so far. Um, lots of, lots of things to do. Some expansions getting some criticism. I agree with some of it that it is fairly short, but for the 30 bucks or whatever that it costs, we are getting two expansions for that cost. So I'm not too 
and the, the quality of life features that they've added are uh, are good. So they're yeah. I, I'm enjoying it. And other than that, I've uh, borrowed my friend's acoustic guitar. And I've been playing a lot of that with my son and uh, lots of housework and stuff like that. So yeah, nice, exciting stuff. I hope your friend or or you wiped down that guitar due to uh, COVID concerns. Uh, we absolutely did not, and I have the sniffles right now. <laughs> GG. Wait, I thought sniffles was gone years ago. Way to bring up oh. old wounds there, Alphondil. <laughs> wow. Yes, I used to have a cat named Sniffles that, you know, died while I was on vacation. Thanks a lot. And that's it you for the stream. Uh, see, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see you never. Yeah. Uh, Alphondil, what's new in your life in the last week or so? Uh, funny enough, I've actually picked up Breath of the Wild again. <laughs> oh, yeah? Completely unrelated to the stream. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of funny. Um, but haven't played a lot of games myself either. Been busy since the sun's finally appeared and uh, going around, you know, outside with Luke and having some fun. You know, See, since usual. the sun has appeared or your son has appeared? Both. That's what I thought he meant too. Both. Both. Okay. <laughs> we do live in Newfoundland, so the. Uh, I'm, a, sun I'm is- a father this week. You're, yes, exactly. Exactly. No, that's good, man. That's good. And you got another one on the way uh, coming. When's when's the next one coming? October. October. Exciting stuff, yeah. man. That's cool. And Athricus, since mm. last week, what have you been up to? Did you buy that Stadia? I, I did a lot of Stadia testing. I certainly did not buy one. Uh <laughs> That's it. I, I did try Stadia recently, uh, yesterday or today as well. Um, Why? A, so you're a bunch hooked. of different ways. No, no. I, I I was trying to like see what that other guy was talking about, and I still couldn't figure it out. That other guy? You mean the guy on the podcast uh, last week? Yeah, I, I cannot remember his name. Quasimodo. Quasimodo. Thank you. Yes. Good fellow. Yeah, that good fellow. Yeah, good <laughs> fellow. <laughs> that good fellow. Yeah. Yeah, he was a good guy. He was a good guy. Um. So you're, you're you sorry you're liking it or you're liking it even less or no I or? I'm liking it just the same which is not at all because <laughs> uh, it's it's no different it's no different than, it's just no different oh that delivery I tried to give it a little bit more just 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 see and I'm still left wanting so you're left wanting so why, so you did why the not make every game like NHL 19 <laughs> yeah why would you not want to do that I don't know. What about three NHL 19? Lag, three seconds of lag in NHL 19 oh. and then add an extra, you know, 5 billion milliseconds. Yeah. Do you mean NHL 09 or 19? Both. <laughs> Every they're single one the, of them. It doesn't the matter. Yeah. NHL 47. It doesn't matter. They're all the same to me. They all lag. <laughs> 2047. Yeah, still has lag. Yeah. I suppose. Um, has lag. Yeah. So. You've been testing out the Stadia, and you still don't like it. So that's had, about yeah, it. I, I was going to say you got that that free premium plan thing, right? Yeah, I figured I'd I'd, I'd play it out and see see how it is. Uh, and I've tried all the games already, and they're they're all bad. But you tried all the games? Yeah, it only took ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I've not played all the games. Oh man, man. So are you doing four K sixty on it, or trying to? Uh, we'll try. <laughs> 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 debatable uh yeah I, I haven't really played anything else um that's how are you running at 4k what are you using your phone no no pc your pc at 4k with what 
Stadia. We're still talking yeah, Stadia here. So confused. Yeah, yeah. But if your if your compute if your can can it run at 4K? If your monitor can't output 4K, it can run at 4K. Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if your monitor can't output it, then. Yeah, then I was more point. testing the uh, capabilities. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Gotcha. Right on. Nice. Do you, uh, Albaniel, do you have a 4K TV yet? Or monitor? I have a 4K TV and a 4K monitor. And no, you don't have a 4K monitor. You have a 1440p monitor. I've I've another one. I have a second monitor. Oh. Huh? <clears throat> What'd you get? Uh, it's just another Dell. Well, you know, as a parting gift, when I move, my monitors <laughs> are both sub 10 or 1080p under 4K. So, uh, you know. You're both 1080p's? Yep. One is a BenQ with good mil- millisecond delay, but besides that, it's pretty good. I like them. I don't have any problems with them. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, I think we'll move on from that. We're going to get into the news. So, this last week, I know The Last of Us 2 came out. And did anyone play The Last of Us 1? No, no. Excellent. Moving on. No, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I heard the first one was amazing, and it's a game I really, really want to try out. I'm huge on linear story games. <gasps> That's also going to tie into our topic. But um, I really like games that are like that. That just have a solid story. Oh. They're not too long, not too short. Um, and The Last of Us Two is getting completely bombed when it comes when it comes to user scores. And I find there's a lately there's like a massive discrepancy between user scores and uh, critics in a lot of different games. Like a lot of the critics were giving it like nines and tens across the board, but I don't really I don't know why that's the case. It's something to do with the story. But I, I remember somebody tweeted out saying the game takes at least like thirty hours to beat, and within like ten hours, there were so many negative reviews from users. So clearly they hadn't played the game start to finish. It's just them being angry. So like. Yeah, it's uh, I find that stuff really frustrating. It's part of the reason it's getting such high reviews. I think is they've they've done this big thing where it's like the most accessible game ever made. So if you're blind, deaf, like Helen Keller can play this game. Uh, Last of Us Two. Yeah, it's the most accept. They have uh, a mode for blind people, a mode for hearing. They have a mode for like various disabilities, people that can't hold the controller properly. Anyways, they have a bunch of different accommodations for the game if you look it up, and people are posting online with various disabilities, like in Reddits and stuff, saying that they, you know, they really appreciate them doing that. I'm thinking my opinion on it without knowing much about the game itself is like typically when games do that and do like they're forward thinking like that, it, it you know, it can skew review scores that may be higher than what the actual game itself reflects, but um. I'm seeing a lot of mixed stuff on it. It's also very uh, polarizing because there's, I think there's some like LBGTQ, whatever the acronym is. Like there, there's like the, there's a bunch of um, pretty like polarizing type topics in there, or they're like, like really, you know, unique to gaming, I guess you can say, Um, which I guess has, you know, should be fine in games. I think we would all agree there. It's just for whatever, you know, there's idiots out there that, don't think want it, that I think game. there's an agenda being pushed or something. There's an agenda or whatever. Like, so there's, I think that might be part of the review bombing, but um, I think it's, I think it's similar to the last of us one. As far, as far as I understand story is supposed to be really good. 
a lot of mainstream people are tweeting it. Um, the guy that got really uh, physically attractive in Harry Potter, what's his name? Nelson? Neville, Neville. Longbottom? Neville. <laughs> Neville Longbottom. He, uh, what's his real name? Like Jason Bottomhorn or something? He, he, uh... <laughs> I don't think I it's that. <laughs> Jason, uh... <laughs> Jason Bottomhorn? <laughs> Matthew Lewis. Matthew Lewis. That's his name. <laughs> oh, <it's> so close. <laughs> Matthew Lewis tweeted out. It's the same thing. Oh my god! <laughs> Can you imagine if, if like the directors and stuff, like the people who were looking to like cast, like yeah, we need to find someone to play level long Neville Longbottom. Hey, look at this guy's name. <laughs> what did you call him? Jason. Something bottom. 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 This guy must be the one. Anyways, Let's back to my up. main point. Sorry for all the. Uh... <laughs> okay. Uh, and we're back. So Neville, uh, Neville Longbottom, he, uh, or Matthew Lewis, I mean, he uh, tweeted out that. <laughs> I can't just stop completing it. He tweeted out that the game was really good. And, like, he said he was taking time i think i forget what the actual tweet said but he said he was taking time to think about the story and it like uh, there was a bunch of people that um tweeted out which i also think might be contributing to the review bomb because it's one of those kind of mainstream like games that celebrities are talking about and stuff so uh yeah anyways i i would like i'm gonna watch i, I have no intention of getting a uh, playstation anytime soon but I'll watch a. Uh, I'll probably watch a Let's Play or something. I watched a yeah, Let's Play for the first one. It was pretty cool. I've. Um, well, I did some reading up on it, and from what I'm reading, it seems like there's a lot of. This is another controversial topic, but the, apparently there's a lot of LGBTQ characters in it, and a lot of people are flaming it because of that. It's one of the big reasons people are thinking too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, that's that. I knew that. That's what I. Yeah. That's why I said earlier about like the the theme. I didn't know what the characters actually were. I thought I thought it was just themes in the game, but I think it's themes and characters and everything. It's else. Kind of okay, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. That makes sense why there's some idiots out there that are and combinations of yeah, of idiots who just being stupid. But also, I don't know if there's people too who are wondering if they're just trying to do that to sell to a um, to try and get sales. If you know what I mean, yeah. where where that, that that's kind yeah, of the problem. Right? Like if it calls for it, if the first one had you know even an inkling of that, that's fine. But if you're just throwing it in randomly just to you know pander to certain people, I can understand. I don't I don't know which way it is. But if you know if there were underlining tones and stuff from the first game that are kind of fleshing out now, that's that's one thing. Depending on how they put it into the game, it'd be interesting to see. I'll watch a let's play. I'll come back mm. next week with something. I'll yeah. watch a let's play this week. No, for sure. This is a topic I'd like to talk about eventually too. Just like uh, it could be LGBTQ or just sexuality in video games in general. Yeah, um, no, it's a good. It's a good. Yeah, uh, I think it would be a good one to cover sure. for sure. Future episode, yeah. Um, and that is my dog barking. Um, yeah, so I think we're ready to move into the new, brand new segment called the Comment of the Week. So this is a, a new segment we're going to try out. It's uh, We're basically going to respond to a comment that was uh, made to us on social media, and we're going to uh, debate back to this person, assuming it's a comment that is, is directly discussing what was talked about the week before. So last week we discussed Google Stadia, and the the most of us that were on there, there was four of us, um, me, Africus, and Erebus, were more or less against Stadia. There were some pros and cons to it, but uh, most part, you know, we we weren't huge fans of it. Um, but this uh, this comment came from on on YouTube from a person named Joshua Woodward, and he says, 
Get a cat cable and do a direct connection before your trial ends on Stadia. There's a night and day difference. Yeah, you can play it anywhere, but really? Everyone still plays games with friends at their home or their own home. Either way, direct connection is best. So do you want to respond to that first before I move on? No, I'll respond to the whole thing. Just keep going. Okay. My wife was on video chat with a friend on her iPad and on her laptop while I was playing Red Dead Redemption 2 last night via Chromecast. There was no lag whatsoever since I was directly connected at 1080p 60fps on my 4K TV. I like 4K movies just like everyone else and agree, 720p is unacceptable for a next-gen hardware. I have a counter to the game's argument. It's a brand new platform. Xbox and Sony have been around for decades now. Of course, they have a massive catalog. My counter is, do you play all 1,000 games, even if just the latest titles for the system they offer, that 1,000 no longer matters? Am I missing a part here? Hold on. No, that's right. Uh, After my pro sub is up, I'll be back to let you know how things are going. Right now, my Switch is just chilling on my dresser. So, Erebus, I know you said uh, you wanted to respond to this when you saw this comment on YouTube. What do you think? Yeah, so uh, Joshua Woodward, uh, if that's your gaming name, uh, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> thank you for your comment. I uh, appreciate your contributing to the stream. Uh, and respectfully, you're absolutely wrong in every facet of what everything you just said. Um, let's see. Get a cat cable and do a direct connection before your trial ends on Stadia. There's a night and day difference. Uh, night and day difference doesn't really... I wouldn't call it that because factually from what we saw, um, uh, if you watched our, or I guess you did listen to our podcast, I think Atherkus went through the numbers and Stadia has input lag. The system itself has input lag. That is more than double. I think Atherkus more than double what the normal, like where PC gaming is. Um, three, three times. Yeah. Three times. That's, that has nothing to do with Wi-Fi versus cat cable. Cat cable. Yes. Would probably improve the latency, but there's still a fixed number that you can't beat. So respectfully, you're wrong. Uh, yes, you can play it anywhere, but really everyone still plays games with friends at their home or their own home. Either way, direct connect is best. Yes. Direct connect is best for every platform. Um, when you say no lag whatsoever because you were directly connected at 1080p 60fps on your 4K TV, um, again, you're just you're just the, the statistic. Like if you look at the stats and the specs, it, it, that's impossible. Um, also, you know what you're talking about. Your wife is on video chat using her stuff, and you can be using your own device and play. I do that with my Switch all the time with much less input lag, so I prefer to go that way. Um, the game's argument, though. That's where, when I saw that, I had to comment because you said Xbox and Sony have been around. Do I play all a thousand games? No, of course not. I don't play all a thousand games, but I have a thousand games to pick from. And when I have a thousand games to pick from, I can pick a very tailored, customized group of games that I want to play. When I'm limited with Google Stadia on the 22 or whatever games that they offer. 40. 40, sorry. The 22 was the old number. 40. Um... I, I, it, it, that's not acceptable. Like, it's just not acceptable. Um, when I have other options, that's something Stadia has to figure out. Google is a rich company. They should be able to figure out a way to get more games quicker. Um, other platforms, there's just too much competition out there where I have much more selection. So, um, your switch is chilling on your dresser. You said at the end, I would suggest you dust off that switch, plug it in, uh, add me. 
I have no idea what my th- friend code is, but I'll uh, send it to you <laughs> if you're interested. Um, and you'll have a much more, much better experience playing Switch with us, uh, myself and uh, Albin Deal and uh, Kelthar there. Um, the Stadia, it, it just, it, it, it would not be, not be a good time. So look forward to seeing you on Switch because uh, after you hear this argument, I'm sure you'll be convinced to, uh, to switch over. <laughs> Uh, anyone else want to weigh in quickly before we move on? Uh, just just to clarify or just to reiterate, it's it. Uh, Erebus is absolutely right. All of the tests that were done stating the extra fifty five milliseconds were on Titan gigabit internet connections. Uh, best case scenario, so there certainly is lag. Um, yes, obviously it's better on you know plugged in directly than on your phone, but it's it's still not a PC. It's not playing on a PC. You're playing on an Xbox. It's, it's not the same. No, definitely. Also, wouldn't a device using a wireless connection not have nearly the effect on a wired device as other wireless connection devices? So if you're using your Chromecast wirelessly, like he says that his wife was using... I'm sorry, I'm assuming gender here, but um, says that uh, they were using uh, other devices wirelessly and that wasn't affecting lag and things, but I mean, the wireless connections have next to no effect on a wired connection. I mean, yeah. it, it does, but hardly anything, especially now in today's internet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Either way, it's not going to make a difference. So, but thank you, Joshua Woodward for your, uh, your, yes, no, we appreciate the comments. And like I said, if anyone has any comments on any of our, our, uh, episodes just let a uh, comment away and we'll uh, we'll handpick a comment to discuss every week all right i think it's time to get into the topic of the week so as stated earlier in the show we are going to be discussing linear versus open world games so i don't know if we're going to necessarily debate about what's better but i think we're going to talk about each genre specifically and kind of feel figure out what works and what doesn't in the genres um so yeah first of all what exactly is like what would you classify as a linear game does anyone want to take over that what do you think like what makes a game linear what class what do you classify a game as linear uh a linear game i would say is i mean we've used the term on rails before Hmm. but essentially it's a game that uh, I guess it, it removes the element of choice to a degree. Not choice, that's, a, that's the wrong way to put it, but um, typically linear games, for me at least in my experience, are more narrative-driven and they're more, um, they're more guided in that, you know, the game is kind of... It doesn't leave you to your own devices to kind of pick where you want to go, do what you want to do. A lot of the time you're, you're guided through a level... Um, or at least partially through, and you have to, um, and the game kind of holds your hand a little bit uh, mm-hmm. as you're going through it. Um, but it, I mean, linear is a very broad term. I mean, there's there's yes. some games that are completely on rails, like completely, and like you're you're, you're you have you know um, could be like a, a narrative driven game, so, such as uh, what's your, that your favorite game called the the chick in the school that like oh life the, is strange yeah right so that's like a linear game but you have like choice within that game, but there's very little control of the character outside a couple small elements. Right. Yeah. When, when you said choice, I was going to say, well, I wouldn't say they don't have choice. Cause no, yeah, no, no choice. I, I know that was not, yeah, it's not choice. I, I was thinking of a, a different thought there, but that it, yeah, choice. obviously these games can have choice. Um, yeah, I think 
uh, choice in regards to where you're allowed to go and where not to go, then I think that's that's more accurate for sure, right? Because that would be more more of an open world style game. Yeah, <clears throat> that you could do that for sure. Um, yeah, what like just largely? Yeah, go ahead. I, I would say largely it comes down to more more for me at least um, your leveled I guess design like your your linear games typically would have what you call typically levels in older games um, like Mario and things like that uh, the older style ones I'll say um, whereas the like I said the open world concept is more like like Everest was saying choice um, you can go wherever you want do whatever you want um, I think of like the original Halo uh, you're kind of like, you know, you could move around and go different areas, but you're kind of just from start to finish. Here's the end. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Halo. I was, I was, that was going to be my first example, actually. Like if, if we think of Halo combat evolve, like we all are very familiar with that campaign and, uh, like you literally just start as master chief and your objective is to go from A to B and kill everything that you can along the way, right? There's no options to do all these other side quests or anything like that it's literally just go a to b and shoot everything on the way um that's the way i see a linear game usually it's just there's not many like choices like Arabis said but like more choices along like what you're allowed to do not like a moral choice or anything like that so yeah i think halo campaign is, is a solid or any shooter campaign really is probably a uh, a solid uh, example of what a linear game would be for the most part yeah um, what would you say makes a linear game good? First of all, like there's critically acclaimed linear style games out there, but what makes, what is it that makes these games, you know, quality games? Anyone in particular? Anyone at all, just jump in. Well, t- typically the linear style games do tend, and this is probably getting a little bit to verses, but... Um, they tend to be story driven, so you you think of uh, a lot of games that have, like I said, um, you know their their individual level designs are different. Um, they're typically games that have uh, because they're so focused in a certain path, a certain um, area. Uh, they tend to do that area better, uh, and I guess um, to its nature to get true success, they need to have what they're focusing on done well. Uh, they usually can tell a story better. Um, I find with open world games, your character kind of gets so in, in in some open world games. Don't get me wrong; there's a lot of good ones that do it great, but a lot of times in open world games, things get lost. Um, mm-hmm. uh, look at um, I'll use GTA as an example, which is one of the I guess earlier open world style games um, where you travel around to go to missions, and you could run around and kill all the cops in the street. We all did it as a kid, um, <laughs> and then go and paint your car, and the world changed, and you're all good, everything's fine. Um, and then you can go and be either a hero or a villain or whatever you want to kind of choose, but like you completely, uh, I'll use Skyrim as a terrible example. Uh, you go and murder all the NPCs in a town, pay off a guard, and now all of a sudden you're the hero of the land. Um, they do yeah. some strange things that way um, where like it, it can kind of be a bit disjoint in your storytelling, mm-hmm. uh, if that makes any sense. Um yeah, yeah, I, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, it's and we can debate this a little more later, I guess, or we can do it now. But I, if I'm playing a game strictly for story, um, in most cases, I would rather a linear experience over an open world one. The exception to that might be The Witcher Three, 
um, because that game, every side quest is just so packed with story. But generally, I find it's just like Albondio just said, I find that like the story gets so disjointed because you're like, I think the classic example is Fallout 4, right? In Fallout 4, I think the game, I haven't played it a whole lot, but I know the game starts and like, I think your wife is murdered and like your child is abducted. Right, and your main objective is to go get your child, but then you get all these random side quests that are like, you know, if your child was really missing, would you have time to go do all these random things to help people? Like, that's the thing, and I feel like it just throws the story off a little bit. Whereas if you're playing a narrative-driven linear game, uh, the story is often more in your face, and you can focus on it a lot more. That again, all opinion. I'm not saying that's the right way to do it or not. Um, what do you guys think about that? Would at, you would you agree I with that like- or? I look at the new God of War, for example. Um, that I actually I don't own a PS4 either, but I've actually considered picking one up just to play that game. I've watched a few Let's Plays and yeah. Twitch streamers, and I mean that game just looks incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas you play things like um, well RDR2, you talked about um, open world, but uh, similar idea to 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 Skyrim. You run around, you know, you're you're a hero, and then you run around and tie people up and drag them behind your horse and kill them all from the town and then pay off a guy with a few hundred dollars and you're good to go again. You say for um, for Red Dead? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, story-based, I typically will stick to the linear, like you're saying, myself personally. Yeah. Um, but Open World definitely has some really cool concepts that you can't do in a linear game. Yeah. So would you guys generally agree with that? Like if you want to play, just sit down and unwind and play a a story-driven game, would you lean more towards a linear story-driven game or an open-world story-driven game? Isn't a a linear... Well, I would would say any story-driven game would be a linear game. I completely disagree with that. Me too. Okay, all right. For example, Skyrim. Skyrim has a main Which quest, is, but there's a ton of yes. other side quests you can do, right? Yes. Right. And they all have a huge amount of story in them. Yeah. Isn't the fact that there are so many side quests in Skyrim make it a very... Hmm. No, but I think a linear game... If Well, I guess it comes down to how, to how we define it, but I would say a linear game is typically like you have... Like like a Halo campaign, right? Like you have one yeah, story one that's story. thrown in front yeah. of you, and you just yeah. follow that. Kind of like Erebus said earlier, like you're on rails, and you yeah. you can't so really what, stray what from it. What was the question? What was so I was saying, like, if you were to play a story-driven game, like if you were to sit down on wine after a long day at work, and you want to sit down and experience a good story, would you want to experience a good story in an open-world environment or a linear environment? Like, if I want to sit down with a story, well, if I want to sit down with a story, then yeah, I, I would probably focus on a very linear game. Yeah, yeah. So, I think so. I, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, no, that's it. Now, that being said, in some games like The Witcher, for example, or Skyrim, you could just focus on one quest line and stick to that if you want to experience a story in a short amount of time. You, you <clears> I mean, you could do that. So it's almost like playing a story or a, an open world game in a linear fashion. Right, and Witcher is actually kind of. Have you guys played The Witcher Three at all? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. So dabbled, dabbled. Yeah, like I like the way it's set up because it's not like an Assassin's Creed game where you like you or or typical MMO style games where like you have like eight quests and you can look on your mini map and you can see them all laid out in front of you. Whereas if you do on The Witcher Three, you pick a side quest and 
you can't see any other other quests on the minimap. It focuses solely on that quest, which I kind of like because the the quests are designed so well with story as their focus that it doesn't want you to do all the other quests and jump around because then you'll just completely forget what's going on in the story. How so, long are those, those quests though? Because if they're like twenty minutes or ten minutes, nah, some of them are really short. But some, but one quest line I was on has certainly lasted me a few hours. A few hours, okay. Oh yeah, and it and it shuts off all the side quests while you're doing it. it it's not that it sh- I don't know if that's the right word, but like when you focus, like when you track a quest, like in WoW, right? Like you can track a quest, but you still see all the other quests on the on the mini map. it's very uh, it's very organic. Like it's, you could be doing the main quest, and then it leads into a side quest, and then a side quest leads into another side quest. Like it's very fluid. Yeah, but it um, involves like the same characters, so it's like you don't lose those characters. You just keep staying on that storyline as it reintroduces new quests, which is really cool. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, like linear linear games, are, um, I think, offer a better story in that they. And I don't know, better might not be the right word, but it's it's more of a cinematic experience or like a movie, like when you're playing a really strong narrative driven linear game yeah, where you're playing it. and yeah. and it's like you're it's very cinematic and it's very like when I played that, I keep forgetting the name of that game, the game we just said, the school. Life is strange. Life is strange, yeah. Like that was a really immersive, kind of cool narrative story where you could just chill and it, there was no choice paralysis or anything that happened within that game other than like the choices that you made along the way um, kind of picking different forks in the road, but you were very much on rails in that game. And I think developers, when it's a linear game, like if you think of like a call of duty campaign or games like that, where there's so many scripted events when you're playing a linear game, because because it's guiding you through the level, the the production quality and like all this crazy stuff that can happen, like where you like go into a house and a guy gets shot by another guy or something. And it like, you, you feel like you're in a war. I think they, they do that by and like all these people dying around you and just crazy shit happening all the time. Like I remember Medal of Honor doing like that doomsday or a D-Day mission coming in off the boats and like running through like the beach and stuff that like, if that was an open world thing, it wouldn't have worked as well. I don't think mm-hmm. um, because they had so many cinematic and scripted events which, so it's only good one time because you only see it kind of the same way every time, but it allows the developers to, um, to do that to, I, I guess it just allows the developers to be not have to like, they can zero in on these events to make them like, amazing. they can zero in on them. Yeah. So Witcher three, I think is, is heralded so high because it's open world in all essence of the word, but it's, it also has, they, they, um, CP, CPDR. I think that's what they, yeah. yeah they, um, they spent a lot of time making good stories and really immersive type things in all of their different quests. Like they didn't half ass it. Everything's like voice acted and really well done. So it's, it's a little bit more. And they actually have a lot of scripted type events as well. In these yeah. So they, they do. Yeah. So it's a little bit more. Um, yeah. But I find it's more of an exception because there's not a lot of games with that much detail that I've played. Yeah. Compared to, to the Witcher yeah. three for sure. Um, yeah, going back to the scripted events uh, in like a shooter, for example, like did you guys play the Titanfall two campaign? Yeah, yeah, like that was amazing. That was probably the, one of the best shooter campaigns I've ever played. It's short; it's like five six hours, but it's yeah. extremely well. But done. like, it yeah. is like yeah. jam packed with action and and really good story and and like it's it's told really well. Um, yeah, Demaxis in chat also brought up uh, Tomb Raider 
And Tomb Raider has a lot of these quick time events and similar to like Uncharted and games like that where it's it's story driven game well, and it has like Call of Duties. What's that? Even the old Call of Duties. Yeah, exactly, right? It's just you have Tomb Raider's not really mission based, but it does have a lot of these events where like the whole ground is collapsing and mountains or have rocks falling all around you and like you have to dodge spikes and like these crazy sequences and stuff. And it's it's a ton of fun and it's a ton of action, but like Erebus said, like it's only once and then it's gone. And it's but it but it may, it drives home the whole narrative experience. I think. Well, I'll throw out the um, challenge. That part though is uh, like uh, I'll use Dragon Age Origins. Um, brilliant game, uh, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know if any of you guys played that. Yep. Uh, brilliant game, but it did add a lot of replayability by having a lot of different choices and options. Um, and yeah, it has some I guess some open elements, but I really wouldn't consider that an open world game. Um, compared to like like I said like Skyrim, Breath of the Wild, and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like the the total cinematic narrative element is huge in that game. Always one of my favorites. Yeah, that, that was uh, I like that word you just brought up, replayability. I would say in that is one of the biggest negative factors for a linear game. What do you guys think about that? I don't know about that. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that because Deus Ex is one of my favorite games human revolution and uh it's it, it i wouldn't call that is that a linear game though would you call it a linear I, I, game? I, I i would yeah because it's not it's not true open world like yes you can move around a world freely but it's still very limited like there's levels so you do levels you fight a boss you move to the next level the open world part is more at like the hub area but aren't, don't, um, can't you get a bunch of side quests and stuff in that game too? You can't. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Bit. It's not not to the same it, scale it as other games for sure. Yeah, but I guess the linear thing is is there's like it there is linearity to it in my opinion. But even if it's not, even if we disagree there, it's there's more hub based. It's it's more yeah it's more hub based. But the the thing is like those games have replayability because you can do them so many different ways. Like you can yeah. you can do pacifist runs. You can do gun runs. You can do you can approach levels different ways. Like you can have a linear game, but the level design is so cool that you can like, you can, you know, go through, you know, the vents in one mm-hmm. level, one level or go take the floor or just go guns blazing. Or you could do like, there's so many different options. So, yeah. uh, I thought that was really cool with, with Deus Ex. Athricus, I know you did like a, a very, uh, hardcore run in that game. What was it exactly <laughs> you did again? Um, I did, um, no guns and no mods. Yeah. Right. So That's if, good. For super duper passive is with no with like no mods no nothing i literally just stealth through the entire game yeah yeah like that's sam it. fisher style from splinter cell yeah. basically essentially yeah yeah for those that are, are unfamiliar in deus ex like you can get different mod like you're it's it's a cyberpunk style world where everyone is augments in in they can enhance themselves in different ways to make themselves powerful and use mods to to buff themselves up but Athricus, like you said did none of this <laughs> and use no guns either so but did you actually complete the game, or did the game actually stop you? In certain, uh, certain no, it never stopped me. I, I just stopped playing. Uh, I think I was like super close to the end, and then I just stopped playing. Um, so I do have to go back and, and start again and beat that without. Was that, was that Human Revolution? Which one was it? I think so. Yeah, I think it was the first I'm gonna. If I'm, I'm going to start streaming or anything, that's probably what I would start with: is is completing that with no mods. And that'd no be awesome. super cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will throw it back to the actual question we started with though sort of interrupt there no no um but just something before i forget um 
to counter against Erebus's argument saying that you would disagree. Um, I would disagree with Erebus and say that most linear games are left with, um, like I said, a lack of replayability. However, it's the really great ones that stand out because they offer that factor. Um, all the games we talk about that are great games, uh, everything we've listed as our favorites in the linear category so far, all have that replayability. But there are a lot of linear games that tend to not have that as much replayability. Um, I'll throw back to, yes, I've played this game a bazillion hours, and you probably guys have too, the old uh, Lord of the Rings games. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> great, great, great. Um, yeah. Great games, but once again, and uh, like I said, they don't have any big changes to the storyline, but you can play them with each different character. You have, like I said, all those games throw in factors that stand them apart by the fact that you can play them again, mm-hmm. um, just ex- with a different experience. Um, but typically the ones that flop or the ones that just aren't, aren't as memorable are that way because of the fact that linear tends to limit unless the developers are creative. It does tend to limit the, the replayability of the game itself. Uh, in the style, mm-hmm. whereas an open world style game, you, you you have a world you can play with. Yeah, like linear games are. Um, I, I would almost have like multiple tiers for them because like there's there's linear games that like very story driven games that I only would play once and I'd never yeah. play them again, but they're still top tier because they're still they're still they're designed to play be played once. Like they're yeah. maybe a six, seven hour story, really it's fleshed like, out, like really a movie, well done. Yeah. Like a movie, like you're like an, inha- yeah, it's like you're playing a movie, like you're just playing in a movie and those games have no replayability and that's fine uh, for me. Um, but yes, they're, uh, yeah, I would, I would agree. I, 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 that the, there's a lot of the majority of games out there that are in that category would probably be not replayable. But the ones that we obviously are more attached to in for the most part are games that we can um, replay with different characters or replay different ways. So I'm yeah, I, I like hmm. I like both for different reasons. But I, ju- I just uh, I think like for me, I, I, I still think um, I, I wonder if open world, I guess and maybe it's on your notes there to go through. But I wonder if open world is is. Um, if it's is it developer laziness to it again that we t- we've talked about on other podcasts is it developer laziness that's really causing us not to have many open world games um that have a very fleshed out story and have a very kind of narrative driven experience or cinematic experience mm-hmm. um pleading to the masses to try and get sales as opposed to creating a proper yeah like game. Because you can have a narrative-driven game that's linear, that's like five hours, or you could have yeah. the same exact thing stretched out into an open world with a bunch of emptiness stretching it out to yeah. Like so it's, 30 it's or 40 the whole hours. it's the whole principle of mile wide, inch deep, right? So it's like huge open world, huge lots of things to do. So one of the series that I was when I was researching for this podcast, and I haven't played through these games much, but the Metro series uh, is a really really strong linear immersive kind of movie style game uh, that you go through. I know like you barely have a HUD in that game and you're going through very scripted type levels. Um, But I know the newest Metro game, I can't remember the name of it now. There's like Metro 2033, Metro Redux. I think the the newest one is their lowest reviewed one. And that one went open world and was heavily criticized Mm -hmm. because apparently it's a decent open world game, but 
I guess the way that it was designed, you know, for hardcore fans of the series, um, they, it, it lost that, that, you know, it lost the, definitely. And I, focus, I can see that. Yeah. The sure. focus. Yeah. Um, cause again, that whole, like they had to, they had to put, put their resources more into the open world. So it's less fleshed out the levels, I guess. Hmm. I don't know much about it, but I just, that was one of the ones that I saw that people really were criticizing the open world aspects. Well, look at Pokemon Sword and Shield. I mean, they tried to, with the whole wild area, they kind of tried to implement an open world style uh, area. And I mean, like a lot of people do complain that the storyline is a lot shorter. The, um, you know, they didn't include all the Pokemon. Uh, did they, is that one of the reasons why trying to make that area work? Is that one of the reasons why that they, yeah. they didn't give it as many resources, right? It's tricky, right? Because yeah, like, is it worth blowing up the world to make it massive to sacrifice the gameplay part? Right. So it depends. Yeah. If it's done right, then I think it, that it, I think it does work in most cases, but yeah, it has to be done correctly without sacrificing in other areas like like Pokemon had to do. Well, look at Breath of the Wild, one of the best games in recent memory. Yeah, um, I mean that game's open world is fantastic. All the areas are so different. Uh, the shrine system is awesome. Um, you know, I mean Zelda always really was open world anyway, mm-hmm. but um, I mean it's just always been a classic game. Really well done. Yeah, yeah. so. That, yeah, let's Are get let's find- get into the open open world discussion for sure, right? I think I think we talked pretty good about uh, linear, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll move into open world for sure. And Erebus, what were you gonna say? Yeah, well, open world. I guess for my like, I'm a much bigger open world fan. Like the most hours that I've spent in games are games like, and I you know I, I put World of Warcraft in this bucket because it's it's an MMO. Well, that's. Uh, but yes. it's like it is open world, right? So it's, it's, it's death, that's like yeah. one of my top. That's my most played game of all time. Skyrim and Oblivion were like my t- two of my most played games at their time. Uh, Breath of the Wild is one of the first, probably the first Switch or first Nintendo kind of game that I, I've tried billions of Nintendo games over the years to try to beat, and I just can never get through them. I never, I'm not a huge single player gamer, anyways. But um, with Breath of the Wild, um, I I feel like they took the route that we're almost saying we almost just argued against it because we said that, you know, our game company's lazy because they're not doing, you know, stories and fleshing out, um, you know, cinematic narrative experiences and stuff like that. Breath of the Wild throws all of that out the window, in my opinion, and basically throws you into a world where you're just a character. It has the Zelda stamp on it, obviously, but it could have not been a Zelda game and still been yeah, like it still could have operated basically the same. And um, you're just thrown in the world with perfect physics engine, perfect gameplay, multiple options. You can go, you can beat the game like right away. You can go right to the final boss right at the beginning of the game and try to beat it. Uh, They let you do that. Or you can go explore the world and and it's just completely open and you can go everywhere you can see, which very few games actually do that. It set the bar for sure. Like like, there's no other game out there that I know of that comes close. But it is heavily criticized, heavily criticized yeah. because uh, it is like, you know, it has super high Metacritic scores and all that stuff. But there are a lot of people out there, a lot of hardcore Zelda fans that hate that game because it, it definitely deviated from the, the standard Zelda narrative of a more linear mm-hmm. game with puzzles and um, like or dungeons, I should say, and different things like that that they used to have. But I, I they almost took the route of we're not going to go for story like a huge like narrative voice acted story, blah, 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 blah. 
we're just going to do focus on gameplay and open world concepts and make a game out of it. And, uh, and it was immensely successful and one of my favorite games of all time. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge, huge open world fan for sure. Yeah. Ask Chris, we haven't heard from you in a while. What, what do you think? Like, are you a fan of open world or like what, what route would you normally take? in when picking I a game? usually tend to take the more open world, um, plunk you down in the middle of nowhere and, you know, do, do your own thing. Um, I th- think the one of the only things i can or one of the main things or the or the, the thing the best the, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> one, the thing i can picture in my head the most i guess and i know Erebus, this is your like your one of your favorite games uh minecraft is just so so straightforward um plunky down in the middle of nowhere no no what no <laughs> i know you, i know you love minecraft, minecraft is not uh, you're calling that an open world game. Absolutely, it's an actually, absolutely an is. open world game. It absolutely, no, is. in no, fact, no, probably, probably, I would say that's even better than Breath of the Wild in regards to exploration and all it's that. It's a sandbox open world. Oh my yeah. god! I know it's your favorite game, dude. You, like, you don't have to hide it. I know it's for kids, and I know it, I, I get it, but you know, no, it's not. It's not. It, it, this isn't even my bias of hating the game. I just think that it's it is a terrible game. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! It's, it's not. It's not that. It's it's that. I guess it is open world, like because you you kind of you're in a sandbox and you can just. But I almost view that as it's just like Lego. It's like you go in and you build. Like yes, with mods, it could be called an open world game. With, like with how, you, how is no it not an open no world game? That is a hundred percent. No, 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 no. It's a procedurally generated world where you literally go and do whatever you want to do. But there's nothing you can do. You can, you can build. You okay. can build. You can. <laughs> there's nothing you, you can okay, build. Hold on. Hold can on. You do. By definition, we need to describe exactly what an open world oh, game is, and I man. think Minecraft ticks all those boxes 100. Absolutely, absolutely, you can go anywhere. Yep, you can choose one of many things to do. Yes, you can do lots in Minecraft. To say there's nothing to do, that's just ignorant. Um, freedom there is an end game to Minecraft for sure. Th- there is freedom. Yeah, th- yeah, is a big one, right? So if you have all these three, if you have those three things, you can choose to go anywhere. You can choose one of many things to do, and you have unlim- like total freedom. How does Minecraft not fit all of those things? I don't. Di- okay, I don't disagree that it is when you're taking the uh, the definition literally open world. Yes, you're in a world that is open, but <laughs> I disagree yeah. with the fact that it's a game. It's not a game. It's, it's a game. Like, what is it? it a is book. A, there's a goal. There is a goal. A, it is a like simulation of like building blocks. Uh, it's Lego. It's Lego in a in 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 a virtual to fair, world. To be completely fair, went back when you played, that's pretty much true. But it has evolved and changed since then. There is an end game. There is an end boss to the game that you actually work towards and build up your stuff. And there's there's um, you know you collect collect your armor. Get, collect your materials to build the best armor, collect spells and experience and stuff to enhance and enchant that armor, and then you go to the big final boss, which is a dragon, and you can kill the boss if you choose so. Sounds there a lot like options. Breath of the Wild, actually. Yeah, yeah Lego oh, City oh, Undercover oh, is great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's compare Minecraft to Breath of the Wild. Yes. Oh, my God. But I think in regards to exploration, not in regards to gameplay mechanics and movement and all that, but in regards to the exploration aspect, I think they're certainly on par. Oh, no. more, I, w- I would argue more because it's procedurally generated and it will never end. You can There's explore no forever. Forever. 
Yeah, but there's linearity in, in an open world. What, what kind of linearity <laughs> is there? The, okay, so my whole just thing, the whole thing that I just said about <laughs> miles wide, inch deep is Minecraft. So my, Actually, it's really deep. They, you can go down really, really far no, into the ground no. if you'd like. <laughs> you can when, you look at, when you look at, okay, when you are fighting something in Minecraft, explain to me how you fight it. You whack it with a sword. Mm-hmm. What else can you do? You have like you, a bow or something. And you swing your sword and you can block with a shield and you can throw spells at it and you can use a bow and arrow. Right. So pretty much everything in Breath so the of the Wild. The only person here that has played... <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. See, this is this is. Uh, yeah, you got me. You got you. You beat me. Well, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> I hope Galthar at least knows what I'm talking about with the approach of Breath of the Wild and how you, when you're in combat, the physics engine, all the different things that you can do within that game to approach. Oh, I'm not. I love Breath of the Wild infinitely more than Minecraft. I'm not debating that. No, no, I know. So your your only argument is the fact that you can roll and jump really high. That's the only. When did I say that? Well, you're you're talking about the movement and the physics. Is that the only? Okay, what are you talking about? The the problem is, is that you haven't played Breath of the Wild, so you have no idea what I'm talking about. Actually, please, please please explain. Can we have a Minecraft episode of? I never. Yeah, like if you want to keep going with this, we can. Go go on. This is entertaining. This is good. Please. (laughs) When you're playing Breath of the Wild, the physics engine is you have different. um, What are they called? The Kalthar. The the different powers that you have or whatever, like magnets, um, all these different things that you can do, yeah, objects like that you can manipulate, or something. throw. Yeah. Um, th- there's a huge physics component to the game. There's 150 different or 200 shrines or whatever that you can approach in very unique ways um, to get in and out of the shrine, very advanced puzzles that you enhance or that you in- encounter. Um, and you can do them a million different ways. Um there's weather, uh, and the weather actually affects you. Um, you you're, but the game doesn't guide you at all. So you could walk into an area and then start burning because you're you're not you don't have the proper equipment or whatever to survive in that particular area. It's very, very advanced in terms of the approach to the game. So I'm still failing Minecraft, to hear your argument, but go on. What <laughs> argument? He's asking why his. Well, in contrast, I can go into a game in Minecraft. I can go into someone else's created world who have created traps and stuff in their in their area, and I can go through their structure and, and try to solve their puzzles. And maybe they've you know you know there's mobs around, or they're trying to hell. I mean, it might even be PvP. Maybe they're trying to you know prevent me from going into their place as well. But you're saying I understand your argument with the physics, though. And you're saying Breath but, but, of the Wild okay. has yeah, okay, okay, go on. All I would say, uh, back to get this back <laughs> sensible, is <laughs> there's no point comparing the games. Minecraft is open world. Yes, I don't. It's not linear. I, I, I don't. I don't think there's any. Dis- I don't understand how we can dispute that. You're saying Breath of the Wild has like weather and like all this stuff, like Minecraft does too. You need to eat to say, to survive. Like you're, you'll die if you don't eat food from di- like different you can, sources. You can you can eat food in a linear game. You can play a linear game, and in Deus Ex, you could be not. In, this isn't real, but in Deus Ex, maybe you're in a level where all of a sudden you're starving, and your augmented arm falls off, and you've got to <laughs> eat a food to grow another arm. I don't know, but you. Uh, that, that, hey, that's not an argument. Just because you have to eat to survive doesn't mean it's an open world game. What does that have to do with open world? That's a survival here, game. You're talking here. About. 
Let's just do this. So your survival games can't be open world as well? I'm not oh, saying survival. You're taking everything I'm saying out of context. Oh, wait out one second. Open this link. No, but you are saying Minecraft is not an open world game. I don't use third-party party sources to verify if I'm right or wrong. I, I like to argue my own point. <laughs> uh, Did you look up like the Wikipedia and just say Minecraft is an no, open world game? I just Google best open world Google. game. Number six is Minecraft. <laughs> well, let's get that author on and I'll debate with him. Oh, dude, number six is Minecraft. Number eight is Breath of the Wild. So we're coming up closer to first than, uh, than you are. So. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Like I said, I infinitely love Breath of the Wild more, but I don't think there's any. I don't know how you can dispute that Minecraft is not an open, open world game. World. It doesn't have similar open, open world, world mechanics in regards to like the same kind of collectibles and going around the map and mini map and and, and and interacting with different characters and stuff like that. No, I don't think it's on the same scale or the same. No, I quality. think it's it's limited by its linearity is in its mechanics. So would you say that Day okay. is it, was it Day Z the old zombie game we used to play? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say Day Z is open world? Um, it's a battle royale, isn't? It? No, it, no, it's not. You're no, talking no, about the non battle royale. He means the survival mode. I would also say that that's a linear game. Are you saying it's a linear game because you have limits, or because there's only one objective to survive? Is that what you're saying? Like, are we saying an open world game is just because you're in an open world that no, you can go in no. any direction? I'm saying an open world game is you can go anywhere, you can choose one of many things to do, and you have complete freedom to choose what you do. And unfortunately, Minecraft takes every one of those boxes. No, because if I do, I what if I don't want to build something? Then you <laughs> what are you playing the game? <laughs> It's like sitting in a room with a box of Lego and being like, I really don't want to build anything, but... Uh, but I'm going to play fucking... Call of Duty and see how many tea parties I can have. Yeah, yeah. we're arguing open world. Like... We're arguing open world and the element of choice and the element of... Actually, um, in, yeah, in you Minecraft, can choose you can not choose to do to anything. You can go around just killing mobs. You can... Um, you can, like I said, you can build. You can just build, make traps instead of building like a house and all that kind of fun stuff. You can just go spend your entire time in whatever that really creepy undead baby place is. Yeah, yeah. You can either you can choose to build or to explore mines and stuff, or to go cr- progress to end game or compress the uh, progress to the Nether or progress, you know, wherever you want. But wherever choosing want, not to whatever. build, <laughs> 2D, if it, I could choose. Any <laughs> shitty graphic area I want to go to oh, and start so carving graphics. a hole okay, so now into a tunnel. I see. You have no arguments. So you have to rag on the graphics. I see. Okay. That, that, that's if the game has bad graphics, it's not an open world game. Is this where we're going? Bro, this graphics suck. Link to the Past was not an open world game. Its graphics were terrible compared to today's games. Right. Right. All right. We, we can debate this more if you want, but I, I think... Yeah, I think we're just debating. Oh, no, I, 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 I'll, I'll disagree with you guys as long as you want the podcast to go on for it. But we can move on whenever you want. <laughs> agree if, disagree, that's fine. If we have time, we'll come back to that, which I would love to, but we'll see. Uh, we still have a couple other things to get to. but I think the disagreement is on... I might have a different definition of open world in yeah. my head than sure. what the established... Sure. There might be an established open world definition. What, what I like about open world games that I like in that like GTA or Skyrim or um, 
Breath of the Wild or whatever. I guess my argument is not. You know, part, I was being a bit facetious, obviously, guys. But like, the, <laughs> but for the most part, like I like the game. They they provide a massive amount of flexibility to how you approach things and how you do things and the character that you become in those games and all of these. Like, there's there's so many multi layers to it. Like in GTA, one of my first games, like San Andreas, when I was playing that, you could like there were so many different ways that you could approach levels. You could do levels in different order. But there was still some linearity that you ended up at the same spot because it had the same ending, um, I think, for the most part in in those games. Skyrim, you could become your own, literally your own character in that game. You could be whatever you want to be. You could you could join any guilds you wanted to do. It was it was very uh, flexible there. Some of the criticisms that open world game got though is the limits of the world itself, and that like there was places you saw that you couldn't go to, which Breath of the Wild solved. So I like that. My art, I think what I'm talking about is, in my opinion, Minecraft has a lot of linearity within the game. And I know you're saying, so fair point on by Atherkiss. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, argue stuff I don't know about. I'm talking about the version that I played, which was years and years ago. So I haven't played extensively the game where you're talking about there's bosses and different things and like more, you know, more of a format to the game. And I also know that with mods, you can flesh out an actual open world game with a lot of mechanics, a lot of user generated content. I know that either way, the game is complete dog shit, but, <laughs> but I can see part of your argument there. I just think it's that. Va- I, I just think for me, for open world and what clicks for me is more less linearity within the open world. Sure. Like when I think of an open world game, I think like I automatically think Assassin's Creed. It's like, it's just, has anyone played Assassin's Creed here? A little Any bit dabbled. Huh? Yeah, one, yeah. Like one, I just one, think one. it's it's a classic Ubisoft game where it's just you're thrown into the world. It's a big map. There's icons everywhere, all over the mini map, showing like different collectibles you can get. If you collect this, if you break this statue, you get like hundred experience points and like all these different things. It's just like almost like a big checklist of things to do, and that's kind of how I view open world games. A lot of them. I'm not saying they have to have those things, but that's typically like stereotypical open world game. That's what I see, what I what I think of. Um, yeah. Giantbomb.com. The difference between open world and sandbox. Minecraft is a sandbox game. Skyrim is an open world game. So that's where they're drawing the line. I and I'm that I know that's a third party source. I'm going against my own damn argument. <laughs> what? But, 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 but Mr. Contradiction over but, yeah. but um open world games are I'm just reading it now. Open world mm-hmm. games are just that they exist only in, in the instance that the original creators cooked up. And while you can have an impact on the world, it's never something that isn't already scripted to occur outside of what the developers intended. Um Sandbox is normally applied to linear games that have large maps that allow a variety of actions a number of ways to approach the goal of the level and interact with the elements of the environment. Yes, but sandbox is also more or less a, um, an emerging genre within even open world. Well, that's your, that's your, I think it's point. Point. I'm it's from an open things. world. Yeah. Well, no, that's, that's what, well, yeah. Okay. That's your guy's opinion. I sandbox refers more to the game's ability to be moldable and, um, but you're applying your own definition. You you're you're applying your own definition to it, just like these guys are. It's 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 all about how you're defining what it is. Sure. Like sandbox, yeah. sandbox is saying 
they're basically saying sandbox is a linear game because it's like it's procedurally generated. So when you fire up Minecraft, it's a sandbox. It's it's different every single time you fire it up, but you still have the linear. It, and again, that's my opinion, but the linear approach to the game. Um, either way, but the open world. They're saying here, I don't know if I agree with this, but they're saying open worlds normally has one map gigantic in which all the levels happen or interconnected with structure of the game is usually non-linear, given the possibility to tackle one of a number of missions at each time. So that's that's how they define it. But obviously that's up for debate, too. But I would allow Minecraft and once again, personal opinions, I allow Minecraft to go into the genre sandbox because obviously it is. I cannot move in the terms of discussion between linear and open world. I cannot move Minecraft to linear. I agree completely. No, I agree. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I, actually, I wish I had read this before because this would have been my. This is. Where I, I would have said. I would have said. You wish you used a third-party source, like you said you weren't going to do. In the first place. <laughs> I, no, I, I still think I'm on the same vein. They're just articulating it better. Like they're, they're sandbox. That's what it is. That's that's what like Elite Dangerous, for example. Is that an open world game? What would you would you call that an open world game or a sandbox? I'm ta- I'm saying three things now. Would you call it open world, sandbox, both, or linear? Yeah, I, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Like I think, like I know Giant Bomb is kind of separating the two, but I think I think that if you if you're playing a sandbox, it's still an open world game by definition. Is a sandbox game just more of an open world game than an open world game? <laughs> I I would agree with that. I, I, I get it. it's just like and I know what Erebus is saying too like because I know you're saying like if you have a linear focus in a game like but the what map is massive does that make it still an open world and that's the definition right so if you're if, if our definition and we're agreeing on the definition of open world game being that you're in an open world like and that's that's if if, if that criteria is met it's an open world game then yes, Minecraft is an open world game. I'm just saying that the way that open world games are explained, at least in my experience with gaming, there's more criteria established to calling something an open world game rather than it just being on a big map. Yeah. So that that's where I would just debate it a little bit in that. And the other thing that they're saying here too is about, because um, like World of Warcraft is an open world game in a theme park, they call it theme park where like you run around the world more or less as you please, like wherever you want to go. Um, but it's crafted by blizzard and the players will experience similar things in the same circumstances, given that they approach it in that specific way. So, yeah. Right. So you could say something's an open, maybe we could provide sub definitions. There's open world theme park and open world sandbox. So if we're saying it that way, mm-hmm. then I would say Minecraft is an open world sandbox and then Breath of the Wild is an open world theme park. I would agree with that. Yeah, 100%. Right? So there, we could probably arrive to an agreement somewhere in there, maybe. After well, this. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's going to be... I'm, I maybe I'm saying the same thing as you are, but I mean, it, it's going to be a, a, a conversation of a open world versus a linear open world. Like WoW is a linear open world technically because it's an open world, but it's you know it has a direction that most people will go in, and everyone will experience the same thing eventually. Maybe mine, Minecraft is just an open world, non-linear 
that's what sandbox means. Yeah. So if that's if that's the definition of sandbox, then yeah, sure. I think we can agree I mean, on that. Super linear. We can, but I don't really trust third party resources. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So your entire argument is flawed and, and thrown out. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was a really good point. I think I think that's good having those sub sub definitions of san- open world sandbox and open world uh, theme park for sure. So that's good. I think we we kind of tackled that issue pretty good. Um. I want to shift gears a little bit now. We're, we're getting to the end of the discussion here, I think. But do you think a fully story-driven linear game should cost 60 bucks? So if you're playing a game like uh, Life is Strange, for example, we talked about that a little bit. It's probably... It. F- What's that? I'd love it if they only cost 60 bucks. The only cost sixty. Oh yeah. Well, oh, speaking of America, oh, yes. In Canada, it's more like it, games are seventy nine ninety nine. In the states, it's fifty nine. But, um, yeah, like a game that's a heavily story driven game, like a super quality game, that is probably like ten fifteen hour game. Do you have an issue with those costing sixty dollars? Do you think they should always be less? Like, how do you think the cost should should the cost dic- dictate? The game i i am a big believer on time to what's the thing time to um dollars or whatever like a dollar per hour or something a um, dollar per hour you could say but like i like i go to a movie if i if i go to a movie i pay probably 20 bucks to go to the movie right so if i'm paying 20 bucks and i'm getting two and a half hours of you know white knuckled thrill ride then i'm <laughs> uh then i'm fine like i like we, we all go to movies and pay for the movies to go we go to so if I'm paying, playing a game that's, you know, even if it's t- like, t- let's say Titanfall 2 was a six hour campaign and it was a $60 game and all I got out of it was the campaign. The campaign was amazing. Um, I personally don't usually buy short games for 60 bucks, but I can see that if, if people enjoy that genre of game, um, then, I, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see a problem with a, 60 hour, a six hour game being $60 as long as it's a quality game. Mm-hmm. Right, because there's also other games out there that are complete shit, but they're 100 hours, and they're yeah. just like they have well, hundreds. Well, this of hours comes back to what we said at the start, right? Like saying a linear game that could be condensed into 10 hours, costing 60 dollars versus the same game stretched out into an open world environment that's like 50 or 60 hours, but it's also a 60 dollar game. Would you rather having that extra crap content? just to make the game longer or would you rather a more compact succinct experience but delivers way more you know what i'm saying yeah yeah it's like, it's, it's 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 hard to know like yeah it's uh you want i i, I everyone wants both like if you could have both be my yeah. It'd be marvelous, but and it's that's, just it, that's it, where it, The Witcher Three comes in, right? I keep using that example. Yeah. Like that's why people that game is heralded so well but is because it's got people. Yeah, some people like sandbox, open world sandbox. I should say, like some people want some people, some, like <laughs> very few, you know, ill-advised, warped people love open world sandbox games. Those people, you could say, no, yeah. but like some people want to be just plopped into something like Minecraft. And just be, they don't want any rules, structure, anything in front of them. They just want the world to manipulate and change as just they want. Ready, ready, set, go. Yeah. Right. And some people would pay $100 for a game like that because they 
that's all they want. They just want they they want the game developers to basically give them the tools, and then they um, then they uh, they go right. And I think that's very much Minecraft. Like without without uh, mods or without at least in the game that I play with Minecraft, you very much have to create your own fun. So you 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 create you know with your friends create these different worlds and and create you know scenarios and different things that you want to do or goals you set your own goals within the game and 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 you find your joy however you find it i didn't but you you find your joy in that game (laughs) through that process in my opinion and uh and uh and by being and that creativity and all that stuff um so that like yeah that that's one way of like that's that's what some people would would yeah. look for. I think Witcher Three, as we talked about before, is like a, a is a is a sixty like a well worth sixty dollar mm-hmm. eighty dollar game because you're getting both. You're getting the open world quality. concept. It's I, got I, length and quality. Yeah, I guess a better question would be: Is should the cost? Sorry, should the length of a game determine its cost? No. No. Okay, Athricus, do you have any opinion on that? Should the yeah, length no. of the game consider, determine the cost? No, I don't think so. And maybe I'm, I'm not understanding the question perfectly, but just going back to a couple of months ago, um, I, I did a bunch of the math on WoW and how much I put into the game as a whole with the subscription and buying all the expansions and, and all the character transfers and everything. Um, and it was well above like $1,500 or whatever the hell it was. It was ridiculous. Um, but putting per, after, per hour going through all my characters and, and, and adding up that time, it was well under like 10 cents an hour. That's insane. Of fun. Yeah. It, it's insane. Yeah. So yeah. that's, in, that's ridiculous. So, I mean, certainly, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a bajillion hours you know, for a, for a 60 or 200 or $300 game or, or whatever. Um, could you repeat the question, please? So I was, I was saying like, should the length of a game determine how much it's going to cost? So for example, like if you're playing a short linear game, like life is strange or, or firewatch is another game I wanted to bring up. I, I love that game. And that was a great experience, but Qual- should these, quality. should the, cool. yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go. Should the uh, length and quality, I guess, of the game determine the cost? Yeah, sir, well, quality. I mean, I mean, it, it, you got to find that balancing act, right? You can't have a garbage game that's forty hours and charge eighty bucks, but at the same time, can you have a, an eighty dollars game that's two hours and it's unbelievably, uh, it's unbelievable? I, I, I would probably pay eighty dollars for a, a three or four hour experience like amazing yeah. experience. Yeah, I would too. Right. If it's a, yeah. if it's an amazing, amazing game, it's like, like Arabis said, it's like going to see a movie. You have no yeah. problem spending 20, 25 bucks. That's without popcorn and all that. Like to go to a cool IMAX experience or it's same. If you go to like a theme park and you want to go on a sick roller coaster and I don't know how much those would cost, but like it's only a very short experience and you're paying top dollar for it. Like, yeah, I, I would probably argue that it's, it's a 100 and not maybe not a hundred, but it's vast majority of it is quality price for quality price for quality. They should yeah. all have a per hour, uh, limit of like, say 10 hours. And you can, if you can, there's a chip and it says it's been played for 10 hours or more. You can return them. You can at least then say like, well, this game wasn't worth money. 
Well, Steam, I, Steam has that. Steam, Steam has that. Yeah. It, it does, but it's not nearly as good because they limit how many times you can do it and all this kind of stuff. But and I think the limit, I think the hour limit's a bit longer than that. But I'm not sure on that. But um, yeah, I think it all should have that because then it would force developers to have quality to actually get people to pay for their games instead of throwing <laughs> games out that are. 60 80 dollars however much you know the typical game is being at the time and there's a lot of games just get flamed people buy them anyway yeah that's that's really tough too because i mean quality is very subjective right so mm-hmm. it could be amazing for me and garbage for mark minecraft mm-hmm. you know whatever um so that's really tough for the developer to to price their game you know three or four hour game that's phenomenal it's not going to be phenomenal for everyone yeah Three or four hour games, so I will throw it there too. I mean, your shorter games are indie games and the like do sell for cheaper. Um, Generally, yes. A lot yeah. of them are more dependent on. Um, uh, Propzilla said a point of Rocket League. He has a thousand fifty three hours in it, which was twenty bucks. Which I'm thinking he got his money's worth out of that one. Um, <laughs> slightly, I think. I wish I could buy another four or five copies of it, uh, just for just to support the developer. <laughs> if yeah. they didn't sell out, um, but that's for another story. Um, but yeah, like there's some games like said easily. Um, why can't more games make a game for twenty bucks? That is, that is, mm-hmm. you easily dump thousands of hours into, right? Um, you know, makes you wonder yeah. what these companies like Blizzard and EA and the like are doing with some of the games. Um, is there really any need to sell an NHL every year with an updated roster and very little change for another, another full pop of change? Yeah. Um, you know, definitely uh, just clinking the cash cow again. Uh, you know, people are still doing it though. Uh, you know, FIFA is probably one of the highest grossing games I'd say in the world. Um, mm-hmm. Some interesting, you know, things we'd see. Yeah, for sure. I know one of my one of my favorite games is, is uh, story driven games. I should say is Alan Wake. Like when that game first came out, I was hooked, and I and I, I just was hooked start to finish. I thought the story was great. I thought the character building was great. It, but the game was pretty short. It was only like fifteen twenty hours, but it was a full sixty dollar game. Um, but I, I, that game sits in my memory, and I, I think about that game frequently. Just how much I enjoyed that game, and like I don't think about, oh, it was only fifteen hours. I think, man, that was a kick-ass game that I loved start to finish, and I would gladly pay full price for it again. Right, but then you look at games like Breath of the Wild or Witcher that is packed with content, and it's the same price. So, are you getting the same value there? Probably not. But I guess it just comes down to. Like like Africa says, it's subjective. Like, what do you consider good quality, and what when what's not, right? Yeah, it's it's not about if you're getting good value. It's it's the quality of your experience versus the quantity of the experience. Like you you know, if it's if, would you rather have a hundred hours of you know satisfactory qual you know quality, or would you rather six hours of like the best six hours of your life in gaming, mm-hmm. right? And then it's go it's over, right? So yeah. some people prefer that. I think some people just push, like, I always try to get games that will last me more than 20 to 30 hours just because sure. I just, just so I last longer on a game and I don't buy something new that quickly. Some people buy yeah. stuff. When like we were younger, it was probably a little different. Yeah, even when I was younger, like, I, yeah, I just, I just don't, I'm, I'm not attached to those games as much as some other people are. Like, but some people love, they, that's I, like, for me, I get most of my narrative story stuff out of watching TV and watching movies. Yeah. Right. So I, sure. some people get that out of gaming. I just don't. I get more of my, my most of the games that I play. Most of them are. Uh, I like. I get more of the competitive multiplayer stuff 
Yeah. You know, from that, that's what I used to, you know, socialize with friends. And and that's, that's a fair point. Right. And I'm the opposite. I don't, I barely watch any TV and I, I, most, I I have free time. I want to be gaming. So I I get my story driven stuff from, from that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, last point before I want to move on. Do you think there's too many open world games out there? Do you think the industry, like you said, you gave the Metro example, how they switched that to open world. Like, do you think the industry kind of needs to calm down with that and just focus more on quality experiences rather than stretching them out? I'd say there's pandering to open world because a lot of the world is crying out for open world games. Uh, you know, it seems every one of their youngster wants an open world game. Um, same problem happened with Metro. I, I would imagine that was more less developers saying, hey, let's go and shake up our whole entire game and make it open world when we're having such high success and more to do with probably outcry from the community of people wanting an open world style game or some people, I guess, because um, clearly a lot of people hated it. But um, I think there's a lot of pandering to open world that um, ends up not being done as well because of it. Uh, that they could definitely get stricter and actually smarten up and make their games better overall certainly yes yeah fair points anyone else yeah i think it's i think it's i think it's it's not um open world games are when people are willing to go all out for them like breath of the wild did um i mean they took a huge risk huge risk with the legend of zelda franchise like going in that direction that was one of the biggest one of the bigger gaming risks i've seen like taking a, a platform like that where i don't think almost every zelda game has been reviewed quite highly at least mm. the ones that i can think of yeah and it had and, a massive um, development cycle too like really yeah. really long yeah so to go into that area of like just pure open world and completely different format for the game i mean is a huge thing but they did it and they pulled it off they pissed a few people off but i mean the sales speak for it in the reviews like oh, the yeah. vast majority of people preferred it and uh so i i think i think um I think I think it's a good buzzword. I thought people try to market open world and try to use it to like it sells. Like people are really attached to open world and the freedom of choice and all the stuff yeah. that they and they see they open world. Of, they're like, oh, this that means this game's going to be long, right? Huge. I'm getting my money's worth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then the whole miles wide, inch deep thing that I keep saying is is the problem. Like people, they lose out on those kind of. Because it's important, like to develop. You have to be very creative when you create an open world game to keep it you know, immersive. One of the criticisms of Zelda, for example, is when you move from place to place, there's not a lot in between each place. Yeah. It's like barren wasteland, right? Yeah. But I would argue against that because I thought it the, the kind of isolation and the um, the different weather patterns. Yeah. It made you feel really it, actually it, lost. It was, in a, in a it was immersive, yeah. right? But some people yeah. critique that thinking they didn't put a lot of effort. There wasn't a lot of big cities and stuff like that that they, mm. they could have yeah. done, right? But But I think they pulled it off. But there are games that I've played too that are just they're, they're, you know, compared to like, I just did the call of duty campaign in modern warfare. I just beat that, you know, a couple months ago, that was completely linear game, but the set pieces in every single was like, just blew you away. Right. Like it was all, everything was scripted, everything. Like you were just kind of following through, like you were in a movie, but it was, um, it was cool. It was, it was, Mm -hmm. it was a lot more of a different experience. So Mm -hmm. yeah, no, for sure. Anyone else want to weigh in there before we, uh, move on? No, okay. Um, blanket statement. Would you rather play a linear, like if you had to sit down and play a game, would you rather just be a linear, awesome experience or do you want a fleshed out open world experience? Start I like you. both. We'll, we'll start with Albani. I'll go for it. 
Sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I personally like both. Um, you know, it depends on what I'm looking for. Uh, playing games with, you know, uh, buddies, probably an open world. Um, you know, you tend to be able to do a bit more, have a bit more freedom what you can do. Um, but Isn't your most played game Rocket games. League? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> on my Steam list right now, yep. Um, but then, uh, well, World of Warcraft has definitely got more hours. But... Um, overall but like i said it depends on what i'm trying to do like if i'm looking for something to play by myself something i can goof around on yeah typically um uh, it, it depends right like a linear game is what i look for for that like you said yourself that cinematic experience um put tons of hours into the campaigns of the old halo games um it really depends on the experience i wouldn't want to see either genre go away i i personally i'm right in the middle i like both yeah fair point for sure uh Erebus, what do you think what would you choose if you had to? <laughs> uh, if I had to, I'd probably pick open world just because it's my most, you know, most played games and, and what I like to do. Like Breath and Breath of the Wild kind of just stapled it for me. We, I know I keep going back to that one, but if I'm lying in bed and I'm on my Switch and I just want to kind of just chill out and relax, like that's the kind of game I would, I would play. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also because it's not a, it's a game where you don't really have to, there's no story that you don't have to be paying attention to. Um, you know, anything you're kind of just in the world, moving around, doing stuff, you can switch it off, switch it on, take, take up right when you left off and not kind of remember where you were in the story and stuff like that. I find linear games, especially narrative driven ones are hard to put down and pick up in some cases because, um, you know, you might, you might want to finish the level that you're on because you don't want to pick it up right in the middle of it or something. Right. Because you're, you're, you know, you're in the middle of a mission or a middle of a story or whatever. So um if i'm just relaxing and chilling out open world all the way um but if i've got like a saturday um which i never do anymore but if i had a saturday where i had like 10 hours to play a game and i could fire up something like the titanfall 2 campaign i i I would you know i might prefer it then if i can do like have a bit more like extended play time yeah no for sure so you're taking the both approach as well both approach but if i had to pick i'd pick open world sure Athricus. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it'd be somewhat the same um, as far as, you know, it, just, it really depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Um, but it really also depends on how much time I have. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I mean, I could really go both ways, though. Um, honestly, I, I, if I've got a ton of time, I would kind of probably lean more towards the opposite of what Erebus said. I would probably want to go into more of a linear game just because it takes a lot of time for me to build up and, and start figuring out what I want to do and, you know, how I want to have fun or whatever. Isn't that the um, same as what Erebus said? That's the no, same as what I said. Is it? I, th- I thought you said that you, if you had a bunch of time, you would prefer to do, like, a no, campaign. No, you said, you said linear. Oh, okay, Cam- a campaign, yeah. Like, a campaign, like yeah. Titanfall linear 2, style. which would be linear. Oh, I think, I, think, I think you just said the opposite, Athricus. You meant, you, meant you, you, prefer, you said linear, but I think you meant open world when you said that. Yes, uh, if I have time, I want open world. Okay, okay yeah. Yes. I figured that's yes, where you were sorry. going with that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, but you know, honestly, if I don't have a whole, I guess it could go either way for time because I would love to sit down with a, with a big story and, and do it, or I would love to sit down and make my own fun and really get into the open world. Um, I think if I had a little bit of time, I would prefer to do something that was just pick up and play like Rocket League or something. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm kind. Of, I, I I hate to agree with you guys, but I'm kind of the same way. Like. Like I would, if I had a ton of time, 
then see i don't know because i i had this exact experience before in it was in the end of september and i actually got hand foot and mouth disease it was it was not fun but it was fun because i was isolated from my family i was in the basement and all i had to do was play video games for five days so that part was cool that was that was fun and I, and I came to this dilemma. I was like, man, what am I going to do? Am I going to play one massive game like Breath of the Wild or Witcher or something? Or do I want to beat a bunch of smaller games? And I took the approach of beating the smaller games. So I beat like, I, don't know, I beat Halo 5 campaign. I beat the Gears 1 campaign. I beat Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. I beat, uh, uh, Mark, what was that, what was that game that, that I sent to you when you're like in space and you can go back in time and, what was that game called? Oh, yeah. Tacoma. I, Tacoma. Tacoma. That was yeah. the good one. Yeah. 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 And it was just a bunch of story-driven experiences, and I and I loved it. I'm, and I'm glad I took that approach. Um, but that being said, I would also, like right now I'm playing The Witcher in, in bursts, right? I don't get to play it a lot, but I might play an hour here and there, and it's just nice to keep go trickling through it. So um, I generally like these smaller games in most, ex- most experiences I've had, because so I find them to be a lot more memorable because they're more jam-packed and it's like thinking back to a movie right so like alan wake and tomb raider games uh firewatch is one of my favorite games life is strange gone home like all these short games like just really stick with me so that that's that's my that's what i prefer for sure anything else you want to throw in about this argument before we move on i hate minecraft yeah (laughs) (laughs) erebus tell us how you feel about minecraft no i'm just joking um, oh god we could we could definitely have a minecraft debate i think that would be a good topic actually i think that'd be I, a lot i think of fun. i think Erebus would have to sit down and at least play for three or four hours no then we're not doing it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no for sure all right i think uh we're gonna finish off this episode with uh some trivia and so I was trying to think of what we could talk about, whether it's open world or linear. Like I was trying to think of like the first open world game and like the first one that made it really popular, I think was GTA three in 2001. That was like the first yeah. big open yeah. world game. It was. Yeah, that was great. But it's not, it's not considered the first open world game. The first one was like from like 1982 or 80 or something like, or it might've even been like 76 and it was like a text based game or something. So I wasn't going to go that route. Cause like, I'm pretty sure none of us would have known what that is. How the hell is a text based game open world? <laughs> it is because you could choose to do anything you want. <laughs> okay. You go the, in any the, direction. The defi- it's just the definition you guys have applied to open world throughout this podcast blows right. my mind. It is what I was looking up, right? I was looking up the genre and that's, that's that's what they say, right? Like if you have total freedom to do whatever you do want to do in a game, similar to sandbox, I guess. But I think if you're gonna define it as an open world, there has to at least be a world. Anyways, let's actually get into the trivia here. That we're we're going completely off track here, but uh, yeah. So I thought I, I knew we were going to be discussing Halo a little bit, so I figured we'd do some Halo trivia. And I know we've all played Halo extensively back in the day. Halo One. So, Halo Combat Evolved is what we're specifically talking about here. Again, I don't want to see anybody looking at the chat. People in chat on Twitch, if you're listening or watching on Twitch, you can enter the answer if you want, if you think you know the answer. But I'm trusting everyone on the panel here to not be looking at chat or Googling anything here. Okay. 
Um, as before, I'm going to read the question, read the answers, and if you know the answer for sure, let me know. If not, then I will uh, go to you first. But if you do know it, I'll go to you last. Okay. The Marines in Halo Combat Evolved have a ton of dialogue that is directly taken from which film slash TV franchise? And you might know this, you might not. Was it Firefly? Is it from Alien? Is it from Stargate or Starship Troopers? So some of the lines from the Marines are directly taken from one of these franchises. So was do the Marines take their lines from Firefly, Alien, Stargate, or Starship Troopers? So this was an answer I actually knew before I even saw this question. Does anyone know this for sure? I know it's I know it's between two. I just don't know I don't know the, yeah. which one it is. Okay. All right. Well, if it okay, we'll go. Uh, we'll start with Al Bondiel this time. What do you think? I have talk us through no your thought. Freaking clue. <laughs> to be honest. Um, so think, think, just think of the lines from like the sergeant and like different marines and stuff, right? Like, what movie or TV show? What would these lines be from? Perhaps. These other issues, I'm not even familiar with a lot of those shows. It's super up to no lines, right? <laughs> Take a stab. I should say we all have one point. Uh, you guys all have one point, I believe. I think the only one you got correct was the okay. one from, um, I think, from the Joy-Con episode. When you guys what what are the options the again? Right on one. Um, yeah. Firefly, Alien, Stargate, or Star Trip, Starship Troopers. Again, if you're on Twitch, feel free to enter what you think the answer is. But I trust that no one here will look. Can't, am I allowed to think about it more? Because I'm going to be a while thinking. Just pick we one. We need an answer. Okay. Let's go with uh, Stargate. I don't know. Stargate. Uh, Africus, we'll go to you next. I really don't think it's Firefly. I can't think of anything. I, I'm going to take that off the board. Um, you said Stargate? So Firefly, Alien, Stargate, or Starship Troopers? Yeah, same as Stargate. I don't. I've never seen Stargate, so I don't. But I, I don't think it's on that. I, I, I'm thinking between Alien, Starship Troopers. I, uh, I'm gonna say Starship Troopers. That was my actually what, I, what my gut was telling me to go with. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> that's a tough call between those two. But yeah, I'll go Starship. All right. Yeah, it's definitely. I, I've, I'm. I am a massive Firefly person, and I cannot remember. Is that yeah? Any yeah, Firefly is what I'm most familiar with too. Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's that. Uh, it's. Uh, I. I don't think it's uh, Stargate either. Um, and I was stuck between Alien and Starship Troopers, but I do know in Starship Troopers they have the stereotypical Marines in that show or in that movie. Sorry. With that say those kind of corny lines all the time and uh, and have like the funny like off the cuff dialogue so I think it's Starship Troopers but I'm not familiar enough with Alien to know if it's from that either but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Starship Troopers yeah sure. my gut was telling me to go with Starship Troopers but I denied it so Albondo you picked Stargate yes I did and the other two guys picked Starship Troopers, troopers. yep guys come on the answer <laughs> is Alien it's from oh, okay. Alien, the Alien really? franchise, 1986, I think. Shit. 
We yeah. suck at these. So, <laughs> like one for nine or something. <laughs> I'm one for two. So, <laughs> so I knew it's, it's some of the lines. It's like there was some kind of oh. like uh, game over man line or something that was taken from it. And there's like, but apparently, like a lot. Of, I looked it up. Like a lot of the dialogue is like direct lines from from the franchise, which is pretty hilarious. I, I remember yeah. the game over line in Alien for sure. Uh, yeah. Bill Bill Paxton said it. That was yeah. that was good. Yeah. Yeah, game over. It's bad that I'm not even that familiar with Alien. Yeah, and yeah, man, Aliens, Aliens, awesome. Uh, the, now the thing with Starship Troopers is a lot of people think, and I've never seen Starship Starship Troopers, but uh, apparently there's a lot of overlap, and a lot of people think Halo was directly inspired by Starship Troopers. That makes sense. Yeah, they are very similar. But yeah, I, I but I don't think there was ever any confirmation of this, right? So. The yeah. Marines are extremely similar to yeah. Halo. Yeah. Like, very similar. Yeah, for sure. But that's why I included that one in there, just to throw you guys that's off good. and be a jerk. They work. Yeah, for sure. Someday you guys will get more points. This is great. I need to have an official list, but who? what's the point? You're not going to get any answers right anyway. So. <laughs> for sure. Uh, that's going to do it for us on the podcast. Hopefully we put the debate at least somewhat to rest, or at least for a nap before it wakes up again but um you if you want to tune into the podcast live you can always find us on twitch.tv slash i never cast for this at 9 p.m eastern time on mondays like i said today was the only exception it's going back to mondays after this uh you can follow me on twitter at at kelther and uh or the podcast itself is at i never cast for the number four this and uh, we're also on Facebook, and we have a Discord channel. You can find that link on our Twitch page as well. Uh, we now have Instagram as well. I've never used Instagram in my life. I'm brand new to it. Uh, the, uh, there was a podcast called the Side of Ranch. They reached out to me and said, hey, you should probably uh, use Instagram to reach out. So that's what I'm trying to do, and so far, so good. So it's pretty cool. So we're on various forms of social media. You can find us on there. And I hope uh, to see you tune in next week as well. And if you have any questions for any of us or if you want to submit a trivia question for us, by all means, uh, you can submit uh, your questions or any or comments on uh, different YouTube videos. Or if you want to email us at inevercastforthis at gmail.com, you can do that as well. Um, that's it for me. Let's just do final send-offs. Uh, Erebus, thanks for being here today. Is there anything you want to uh, plug or anything before you go? No, I'd like to plug this guy, Tarambar, who said, To me, the open world is a descriptor for the game structure, defining how the map is laid out and how you access various parts of it. To put it simply, you can go anywhere. Sandbox, on the other hand, is a descriptor for the game's gameplay philosophy and implies a degree of autonomy where the fun to be had is entirely dependent on your actions as opposed to any previously built set piece moments. Put in there by the developers. To put it this simply, you can do anything. Skyrim would be an open world game. Minecraft would be a sandbox. Thank you, Tarambar. And with that, I'll uh, leave you... Thank you, Tarambar, indeed. Um, <laughs> nothing about your Twitch channel today, eh? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Erebus. Uh, notice that I'm still at 341 followers. A bit disappointed uh, in the I never cast for this squad. Uh, let's see if we can get that to 342 for next week. Uh, if you do get it to 342, um, I'll plug whoever that follower is. Yes, please do. All right. Uh, Al Bondiel, thanks again for being here, man. Is there anything you want to say or plug before you we send you off? Uh, 
Yeah, thanks, man. Just give me a quick second. I'm unfollowing from twitch.tv slash Erebus. I haven't seen that guy in years. <laughs> Erebus was a very entertaining streamer at the time. but Oh, man, his montage clips are the best. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, um, no, I'm good. Uh, thanks so much for having me again. Um, you, you know, it was a fun time. Hopefully some people got some good stuff out of this, and feel free to hit us up for some more. For sure. Thanks, man. And Athricus, send us off, man. Uh, um, have a good night. <laughs> nothing to plug, have nothing to say. Nothing, nothing to plug. I'm really, I am considering streaming, but that's about 20 years off, so. <laughs> no, seriously, if you do get into streaming, we will uh, certainly plug that for you here. Yeah, thanks, man. No problem. Looking forward to it. And that's going to do it for us. Thanks again so much for tuning in. And we will see you next week.